0: Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcast not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com. And when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. Of the Steve Mathis show, there is a high chance of you will either learn something a lot of people don't know you left thinking uh, or make you say to yourself, Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTO hosted by Steve Mathis.
1: Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX LA Supercross Wrap Up Podcast. I'm your host Steve Mathis, as usual. Thanks everybody for listening in, and to break down LA and everything that happened, and maybe probably at some point get off topic and break down that topic, and then that will lead to another topic that will be off topic. Is uh, Jason Wiegand? Yeah. And David Pingry. Giddy up! All right, guys. Uh, now all of us were at LA. We all were there. Um, we saw what happened. Oh,
2: Ping again. Ping, Ping. I'm in the press box again. Very
1: press impressive. Two in a row. Very impressive that David Pingree, who seems to live in fear of California traffic, legit fear, made the drive to LA Stadium, Dodger Stadium. Good job, Ping. I
3: actually didn't make the drive. Made the ride. Mm-hmm. I took a, uh, did a little carpool with Matty Francis, so
1: okay. Thanks, thanks to him for braving it. You, uh, you, do, you, do, you do fear the traffic. There's no doubt. I just hate it. <laughs> I just hate it so bad, you know. Uh, and I fear the
3: neighborhood for sure down there. Absolutely, by yourself, lost down there at you know right. midnight, one in the morning, not a good situation.
1: The the Dodger Stadium is one race. Why again and you can back me up because Ping lives down there. Neither one of us do. It's one race where you're like, hey, where are you staying? I'm in Temecula. Hey, where are you staying? I'm at LAX. Uh, hey, where are you staying? Oh, yeah. I'm in I'm in Pasadena. Like, there, there's no, like, nobody really knows where to stay. There. Are, usually we all go to these cities, and we have an area where all the hotels are, and that's where we all con- congregate. And, and, and L.A., Dodger Stadium, it's weird. Everybody's everywhere.
2: Yeah, I think that's the price you pay when you go to a real big city like that. Um, I mean, we go to some reasonably sized cities, but we don't have a Supercross in New York, Chicago, or L.A. Well, now we do, so this is, I think, the difference. It's right. much harder to, to maneuver Yeah, I was in Redondo Beach. You were in Priceline. I Priceline. I I can't believe this happened. This is is why BMW doesn't want to sell $20,000 cars. It ruins the entire cachet of the brand.
1: Mm -hmm. Where did Priceline get you a room? Priceline got me a room at the Beverly Hills Hilton.
2: Priceline, Beverly Hills Hilton.
1: $110 a night.
2: Wow. uh, Ever got out. The whole reputation of Beverly Hills and the Beverly Hills Hilton Ruins. To
1: to be fair, it was a very nice hotel inside, but it was also a very old hotel. There's no doubt that Dean Martin, Frank, Sammy had strolled through those halls, you know, back in the day. Um, uh, uh, Because It it was an older hotel, a little on the older side. But still, right on, right down by Rodeo, right on Wilshire Boulevard.
3: This this is the same... Juggernaut online service that put me in that death box up there in Winnipeg the first night, the first trip.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
3: Well, I turned the water on to brush my teeth, and it ran brown for about 15 seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, this is Priceline. I think we've just talked about the highs and the lows of Priceline. <laughs> um, but I was uh, I was right in Beverly Hills, and uh, it was funny because uh, we went to, my brother was there, and uh, James more. we went to the Peterson Auto Museum on Friday afternoon. Uh, it was a pretty cool, old museum and new cars and old cars and stuff. And they had a Bugatti uh, car there that was 1.4 million dollars, the most expensive, fastest production car ever made. And they had it behind ropes; you couldn't go and touch it. And it was uh, it was sitting there, um, and there were some Ferraris and, and some McLarens and all that. Uh, smash cut to 45 minutes later. We are on the corner of um, uh, Wilshire and I think Rodeo. At a Starbucks, outside, drinking some coffee, talking about stuff, and a Bugatti $1.4 million car drives by, <laughs> stops at the light 30 feet away from us, the same car, same color that we just couldn't touch um, out there, and then soon enough, here comes a McLaren on the back of a, of a tow truck, one of the ones that was almost, not the one that was in the museum, but very, very close, and we're like, <laughs> we're like, welcome to Beverly Hills. It's pretty funny, Ow. yeah. We were just looking at that car going, oh, my God, who would buy this thing? Oh, man, and there it is, driving by Starbucks. So, um, Anyways, uh, yeah, so, We, where'd you stay? By the airport? Uh,
2: Redondo Beach. Redondo oh, Beach.
1: <laughs> See, there we go. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh. Yeah, everybody was all over. The only thing I remember, this is all I know about Redondo Beach. In uh, 1990, uh, the Supercross TV shows... Jean-Michel Bale, it was his first year here in the U.S., and he was having a problem fading late in the races. Mm -hmm. Dave Despain kept posing the question to Larry Myers, but he is the world champion. They run 45-minute motos. How can he be getting tired in a 20-lap Supercross? It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And Myers' answer was, well, if you moved over from France to stay in Redondo Beach and got to see all the beautiful ladies, I don't think you'd be too keen on training either.
1: <laughs> Way to break it down, guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, he was just too distracted by the chicks right. in Redondo Beach right. to train. And that's all I know about Redondo Beach.
1: Okay. Good, all good times. Uh, um, it was all
2: right. It was all right. We went to a bar on Friday night called the BAC, which is an awesome name. If you you know If you're looking for trouble, that's... Yeah, probably where you're gonna find it. Yeah, and then uh, some guy was playing pool, and I don't know something was we were bench racing or whatever, and he overheard us, and he's like, "Hey, man, you guys know there's a Supercross at Dodger Stadium this weekend." We're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we heard about it." Right. He's like, "I used to race with all those guys, man. I used to race Villapoto, Alessi. Used to race from Paris and and then of course we just started engaging this. Right. Like you ever take Villapoto out? Oh yeah, he'd get me sometimes. I'd get him sometimes. I put him on the ground. He's put me on the ground." <laughs> It was Michael Leslie, man. He was fast. He was so fast. Like, you ever take him out? Oh, yeah, I got a piece of him. He got a piece of me.
3: <laughs> who knows?
2: <laughs> but
1: was it Ben Riddle?
2: Uh, it, the sad thing was I didn't get the guy's name, and then when I saw Tony the next day, he was all upset. He's like, I would have known who it was. I guarantee you, I remember every person who ever raced. And then Tony started telling me about these massive three-ring binders. He has three-ring binders with the results page of every race Mike and Jeff have ever raced in.
1: Yeah. Ever. <laughs> There we go. Um, uh, that's pretty funny. And then we uh, we had sushi on Friday night. And that was a good time. Good time with uh, the Scott guys bought us dinner. Ping. Uh, $285 bill at Beverly Hills Sushi ah. Place. Me doing the X brands for the podium finisher, by the way, Zach Osborne. Um, and Scott Scott bought us dinner. Scott USA. Yeah. Good time.
2: Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I picked up our, our guy who works the Race booth. Jordan Roberts picked him up at the airport, and I was, I was like, hop in, we got to get to dinner. And he's like, where are we going? I'm like, do you like sushi? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, i got bad news for you. We're going to get sushi. <laughs> and he's like, well, it doesn't really matter because I just puked all over the plane like 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, all right, well, we're going to dinner anyway. <laughs> and then the, he goes, hey, I'd already made plans. So I wasn't going to break him. He's a new guy. Yeah. So he just sat at that table, already hates sushi. Didn't eat. And sick. Yeah. And just sitting there watching us eat food that he hates.
1: All <laughs> yeah, good times um yep. all right, let's talk about the race a little bit. Or we can talk about Beverly Hills and me staying there um uh Chad Reed, wow, uh what an impressive uh win by him he he's sixteenth gate pick, and I asked him last night he was on the Pupaec Show last night. I asked him about his start on the first one he said uh yeah, he was pretty far back, and he got uh he, he said parchers kind of jacked him up a little bit um. Second start, he said he was, uh, you know, he got the brakes, got up there, and he was feeling it. And, man, was he ever feeling it. Ping. Um, He just pulled away from those guys. That was a very impressive win. It wasn't, I mean, if you just win the race, it's good, great job, you rode awesome. That was an impressive race, passing Stewart, passing Weimer, um, and just pulling away.
3: Yeah, it was definitely convincing. You know, we we talked a little bit about how, it seems like there needs to be something to the track that's more technical for him to shine. Mm-hmm. And that track was really slippery. I mean, You had to be just on your game with where there was traction, where you could be aggressive, and where you had to really, you know, take it easy through spots. And He had it dialed, man. He was on it.
1: Um, you're right. Uh, Zach Osborne was also in studio and said he was fighting his front end all day. It's very slippery, but not, he said, not like Anaheim slippery. You know what I mean? He said it was weird, and it was it was uh, different than that, and it, it the front end wandered everywhere, and Reed kind of confirmed that too. So, yeah, Ping, last not, last week you did say that, and you, my, maybe you know something. I don't know, maybe not. Jury's still out, but maybe you do know something. Yeah, because it uh, took some skill and some throttle control to ride that track, and, and Reed shined. Yeah, I, the, the
3: biggest thing, I mean, he had a great ride, but the, the whole you could just see that track was a meat grinder, man. Like, how many people got hurt? Not just Trey and Morris, um, which was obviously just one bad incident. But, you know, Andrew Short had a big digger. Ivan broke his finger, blows, separated his shoulder. Uh, Chris Gosler limped off with – I don't know if he's hurt or not, but he took a ride in the mule. I mean, I saw so many people get hauled off on yeah. the mule that day.
1: But there wasn't anything hard on the track, but it was just – well, they were clipping some rhythm sections, huh? Like, did you notice that? There was a couple of triple-triples that the guys couldn't get well, clean.
3: Yeah, that one where Muskin got hurt, you know, uh, yeah. right before you go the on-off there. Um, and where Stewart crashed, same one. They would tag that last one going into the turn, and it would just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was so tricky about that, but it obviously was mm-hmm. it was tough because everybody had kept coming up a little short and then, like, you know, some of the guys were jumping too far left. That's what happened to Musk, he landed right next to the tough block where it was soft, and the bike stuck, and that's what happened to Stewart. He was too far left.
1: Yeah,
3: And, like, rode up high and, you know, oh. was almost going off the track and
1: fell over. You know what? I think I started this thing off on the wrong foot. We're talking about Reed, and he deserves to be talked about. Great ride, but I want to talk about a couple of things off the top. With, with the, the guy's injured. Um, Trey Kennard, Ryan Morris. Uh, and the twenty minute wait to 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 get them attended to and looked at before the restart. Um so let's touch on that and then I wanna touch on um the uh lurch the announcers reactions to that. The the how how tough do you think that was for Andrew Short to see his brother in law, Ryan Morris, and then one of his one of his good friends, Trey Kennard, um, both very serious. Uh and it had to be tough for all those guys, Not huh? paying. you've been a racer, you've been the guy that's been sitting there going well, geez, are they gonna, you know, are they all right or whatever? And it looks like, I mean, both guys are seriously hurt, but they're gonna make full recoveries from everything I've read and heard. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a while since we see them on track, but
3: especially like like what Wyndham said, especially when you see it when you were, you know, behind them or beside them, and you actually saw it happen. It's just really hard to get that to stop replaying in your head, you
1: know, because mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. you're just like, man, how many times have I been in that situation where? First lap, I'm mid pack, and I'm going. Oh, he jumped into, you know, do yeah. what do I do? Double, you know? <laughs> right, and,
1: right.
0: And,
3: You know, you dodged the bullet how many times? And you know, that's that's just it happens once in a while, you know.
1: And
3: it would be tough, really, really tough.
1: Um, Why again? Um, you still there? Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> welcome to the Ping and Mathis show. Um, yeah. Uh, I I came on Twitter yesterday and said you know what Uh, I saw on message boards and on my Twitter was lighting up and uh, um, about Lurch's the the Feld announcer guy on the floor his reaction to what was to what happened when those guys were laying on the ground and I said you know hey what was he supposed to do we you know we're not gonna have silence he's there's a lot of people in the stands that don't really know what's going on with those riders down on the floor or sadly maybe don't even care and uh and that's the fact of life and I said well what's he supposed to do and and I got, I got blown up on Twitter. Um, I was the only guy who felt that way. I think um, probably forty, fifty guys were saying, "Mathis, you're an idiot. He should have, you know, there should have been. They should have done a video, or they sh- they're uh, doing T-shirts and pumping up the crowd was not the right thing to do. What do you think? You're you're in the broadcasting end of things.
2: Yeah, first of all, you cannot put any blame on him personally no, because this is yes. not his decision at all. Like, we need to get that part out of the way. Like, regardless of how you feel, whether you think it was good or bad, uh, it wasn't good or bad on him. He's just, I mean, yeah. he was just, I'm sure, being screamed at in his headset, Lurch, get out there and do something to keep <laughs> these fans fired up. Right. So if you think that's wrong, blame the people that are telling him. I mean, what is he going to do, protest and have a sit-in on the job? Like, yeah, yeah. You do what you're told. Right. Um. The other problem is, and, and this is something you always have to be careful of in, in this sport, when you take feedback like that, like on, on Twitter or whatnot, obviously anyone who is uh, you know, following you on Twitter is a very, very, very close, big fan of the sport. And they know who Ryan Morris and Trey Kennard are. Mm-hmm. They understood the seriousness of the situation. But that's not necessarily all the people in the stands. Like you said, there's probably a lot of people there. It's L.A. It's a big city. It's a big race. It's a big event. There's probably people in there that don't care, or they come to a race to see crashes. That happens with all forms of motorsports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they're there to – they they paid for their ticket. They were there to be entertained. They wanted to see a show. Uh, it's just the way it is. I don't I don't think you can do that. And the other thing is, I mean, I can't even imagine what the atmosphere would be uh, in that case if you did have silence. Uh it would be – I can't even imagine what that 15 minutes would have been like. Right. Um, and it's not like the crowd cheering affected the work of the the medic staff or resulted in worse injuries for the riders. You know what I mean? It didn't – all we want in that situation is for those guys to be okay. The crowd cheering isn't going to have any impact on that. Uh, right. I mean, maybe it was a bad decision to do it. I don't think it was. But at the very least, you can't blame Lurch. He's just doing what he's told. But right. Right. I don't think you could expect it to just be dead silence. First of all – Do not even attempt to compare this to, and I'm sure somebody did, you know, hey, what happened at the IndyCar race in Vegas? Well, in that situation, a guy died. It's a huge, huge, huge disconnect between when the show must go on and the show must stop. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't even remotely there. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, Steve. I guess that makes two of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, don't put that on Twitter. Do not put that on your Twitter account. Because right,
2: but again, you're not getting any tweets right, from right. the people who are like, "Hey, I heard there's a dirt bike race in Dodger Stadium. Let's pay money and go." You're only getting tweets from people who are like, you know, they know Trey Canard, they know Trey Canard's mom, they know Ryan Morris's parents and wife, and then you know all yeah. the, like yeah. that's a very, very narrow demographic you're talking about there. Obviously, those people care, but it's just not the way it is. I hate to say it.
1: What do you think, Ping? What do you come down on it?
3: Well. I mean I, I agree with Weeves with saying it's, it's first of all it's not Lurch's fault. He was yeah. definitely being told what to do in those headphones and and yeah, you do your job, you know, he he's he's just doing what he's told.
2: And he did a good uh, job by the way, like all biases aside, like they gave him a microphone and said keep these forty thousand people entertained, go. He did a good job of that.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I feel like in retrospect, and and maybe those guys are looking at it because I'm sure they're getting feedback. I think they should have maybe just said, "Hey, we're going to attend to these riders, put some music on, or something." But like, I don't know. To me, it was a little disrespectful. It showed like it just it just made it seem like the entity that was putting that event on did not give a rat's ass about the riders that were laid out on the ground. And and the thing is. I saw Gendro and, um, um, uh, well, I can't draw a blank. I saw them, you know, the main guys that fell down there on the floor, talking to the docs, find out what was going on. They knew the severity of the situation. Morris was unconscious the entire time on the floor. Um, Trey was up for just a short period of time. And he came to. Uh, but they knew the severity of it, you know. Like, I don't know. just see, It seemed a little disrespectful to me to have him, like, getting people doing the wave and, like like,
1: well, I don't know. What would you have done, Ping? It, 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 I just obviously. I,
3: I would have had him had make an announcement. Hey, you guys, we're going to take care of these riders. Put some music on. Go grab something from the stand or, or, you know, get something to drive. You know, whatever. Okay. We'll, we'll restart this main event. Yeah. Give us a minute to look after these guys. Um, you know. Um, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I would have
3: gone with some music and just, like, shut the mics down for a minute.
1: What kind of music?
3: Whatever. Just so that it's not. Dead silence in the stadium. Some Nickelback, no, not like, black. yeah, Nickelback. That's what I would have done. There
2: you go, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, you can't have dead silence. That's the thing. Like you just, and I feel like that's what the okay. people were saying. Like they should right. have just, yeah, I, had, uh, you can't have dead silence. I can't. Like no. I said, the atmosphere would have just been so much worse. It would have been so ominous and weird and gloomy.
1: Right. Yeah, I. I uh... I think people are siding with the fact that there shouldn't have been anything done, and you can argue that he he was going over the top. Um, but yeah, you, you can make that case. You can make that case that he went over the top, but okay. I I got a feeling that most people wanted nothing, silence, and I don't think you can do that. And I'm good friends yeah. with Trey Kennard, and I'm good friends with Ryan Morris. I mean, you know what I mean. Like I'm I'm as worried as they were, and but I'm just looking at the you know the big picture type of thing, and I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, it's an interesting topic, but... Yeah, pretty, I very will sensitive. say
2: you're right. Maybe that's... First of all, the guy I feel worse for, and that's why I'm saying don't blame him, is Lurch, like, that's a horrible situation to be in on about 100 levels. Right. A, no matter he, how he felt about it, he knows he's going to go out there and look disrespectful to somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe everyone, but a great majority or, or minority of the people, but someone's going to think he's being a jerk. Yeah. A, and B, again, I can't accentuate enough how hard that is. Hey, you have a microphone... Figure out a way to keep these people entertained for an undefined amount of time. Yeah. Go for it. The, that,
1: the instructions I've done to him. have a lot h- of
2: announcing, but I wouldn't want to be in that yeah. situation. The
1: instructions to him were probably just that. They weren't specific, like, hey, shoot T-shirts into the crowd, or hey, do the wave. Or I think he was trying to do the wave. It was just yeah. like, hey, uh, do something. And Lurch being yeah. Lurch, and let's face it, that's why he was hired, for the high energy that he brings to the race. No. I, need to,
3: I need to have a talk with whoever's controlling his volume, though. Like, did you guys have to put your finger in your ears a couple times? No. When he gets his, like, high note going on, I, I, I my ears are starting to bleed. Maybe I was just in a direct line of a speaker or something.
2: Yeah, but I'll yeah, tell you. yeah. Like, so um, he did tell me that, that uh, at one point after whatever, 15 minutes, he finally yelled at them back upstairs and said, you got to give me something. Like, give me something. And that's where they came up with the idea that a t shirt cannon. But it was funny that they were just like, Large, you handle it. And it was like they just went away. And like, oh, he's got it. We're not going <laughs> to. Music, videos, t shirt right, cannon, anything. Right. Yeah, we'll just leave him to his own devices.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's talk about the first start, the one that uh, um, happened on the accident. Uh, Ryan Villopoto smoked his heat race uh, much faster than, than James Stewart, the winner of the other heat race. Uh, he he lo- was looking really good. And in the first start, he had passed Jake Weimer, I think, passed Jake Weimer, early on, second second or third turn, and it was over, I think. Bummer for, for Ryan Villopoto. Uh, hey, why I mean, he was gone. There's no doubt.
2: A dungy was quickly up in the second, and uh, I did think that was a kind of a bad scenario because... Uh we, through the first two races, it was good. You know, they each won a race and they were tied in the points and didn't really know exactly where they stood because they hadn't really been able to battle at the first two rounds. Um, but I was like, all right, we got a little moment of truth coming right here. I mean, if Villapoto keeps riding the way he's been riding, it probably is going to be over. I mean, I really would have been. I know Dungey has maybe been better than we expected this year, but I would have been pretty surprised if he just hung on Villapoto's rear tire for 19 laps and then, you know, ran him into the stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, would yeah, right. So I thought, yeah, it was looking good for Villapoto, and I didn't want that moment of truth to come at the third round of the series. Uh, I mean, that could have been a crusher if if he just went out there and waxed everybody again. Um, but it didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah. we we live on and to another race, not knowing really what's going to happen next.
1: Yeah. And, and and Reed, like as I was saying, Reed benefited from the restart. Um, uh, got out cleanly from his 16th gate pick, which was a tough first turn to to come out that good, and uh, he dominated. Uh, Dungey second um, again. The the Ryan Dungey on a KTM is not a lot of different from Ryan Dungey on a Suzuki. Uh the bike appears to be right where he needs it to be, and he appears to be on point and in shape and, and killing it. Um just a consistent he's just pink people are gonna just have to deal with him the whole season. He's just gonna be there. His worst his worst race will be up fourth or something. Yeah, he's
3: he's gonna be Ryan Dungey. You know, right. he isn't gonna be blazing fast, he probably won't ever be on top of the leaderboard in time qualifying. He's not going to blow past all those guys and pull away, but you're mm-hmm. never going to shake him. He'll be right there the whole time. and yep. Boring any DNS or, or or getting caught up in something weird,
1: mm-hmm.
3: he's going to keep himself in title contention
1: just by consistency. Right. And, you know, people, people definitely come down on me for things I say and write about Dungy here and there. I will say this also, and again, I'll put myself out there again. KTM had more than a few DNFs last year with Andrew Short and Michael Lessie, and and you know that was the big buzz going into the year. Like, you know, he he has these problems on a Suzuki. Does he does he see where he's going? Because KTM pushed their bike off a few times, so just something to watch. Um, they, they've done, but they've done a, a crazy good job so far on this bike and getting it ready. So perhaps they've done a crazy good job on fixing any of those problems that Andrew Short and Michael Essie had last year.
3: I'm excited oh, that the it, I, played out. Go ahead, ping. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just I just thought it was interesting, um, you know, talking to the guys that developed that bike the way they, um, they basically have this dyno over there. Um, this is their way of endurance testing engines before they put them into development. It's just a, a dyno that runs indefinitely. They turn it on, put it like, you know, just about wide open. They have this huge tank of gas that it draws from, and they they set it for twelve hours, and they'll let the thing run twelve hours wide open, and then wow, check it, refill it, and then it goes twenty four hours. And they said he got to where um, they li- they got this thing running. <laughs> they li- they literally filled the tank up with gas and left it the whole weekend in the shop running wide open, and it was still going on Monday. So
2: they locked um, the doors,
3: went home. <laughs> it's like wow. just going wide open. Wow. I've never heard of anyone doing that. I was like, okay. Oh,
1: well, oh those wow. Austrians. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, sausages yeah. and beer everywhere, and the motor's just <laughs> running. Just running. I'm
3: using. I just hear that white thing bouncing off the limiter in this little yeah. dino room.
2: I'm gonna leave. The next time I leave the house, my wife is like, "I think I left the curling iron plugged in." I'm gonna use that story. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. ah, <laughs> K10 leaves motorcycles with huge tanks of gas running unsupervised for a whole weekends
3: at a time.
1: <laughs> exactly. They're yeah.
3: Running. Right. What kind of what kind of fire violations or you know
1: hazards are you got uh, there? It's Austria. Not anything <laughs> goes. It's it's just it's like the wild west over there. Um. Uh. So anyway, so yeah, uh, good ride for that. And uh, Jake, i well, was Weimer- gonna say I think it's cool okay. the way it
2: played out between those two because kind of like last year where. You didn't know. It was, I mean, every week the the gap between these guys is so close, and one little thing, you know, one little setting on a bike or one little change here and there could could change it, which makes the racing, you know, really interesting to watch and, and hard to predict. Uh, you know, I'd say last week Dungey was was better than Reed. Reed didn't have a great race, and Dungey won it. And uh, there's a lot of races where Dungey just stuck behind Reed and can't pass him. This time, Reed actually had him behind him, and what I'd say, what the last maybe seven or eight laps, Reed just pulled away a bit. Just, just Dungey mm-hmm. was there and couldn't mount an attack. So it's just kind of cool how it goes back and forth each week. I mean, Dungey yeah. could get the better of him just as well this week in Oakland as, as Reed could do it again to him.
1: It's, yeah. it's really which, fun when
2: the racing is like that.
1: Which is, yeah, we're in a time, last year and this year, we're in a time that I don't think I've seen since I became a mechanic. Um, well, I mean, you know, the days of David Pingree running away from everybody were pretty boring. But the, we're in a time that I haven't been have seen as a media guy or as a mechanic these last two years. Anybody can win any weekend. It really depends on what yep. what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Jake Weimer, the, the the pass the pass by James Stewart on Jake Weimer. Um, I heard, and I can't confirm this. I heard he's very upset about it. He's pissed. Felt that it was a takeout. Obviously, because he he was the guy that that was winning the race uh, at one point. Um, that was for second though, I think, or third even. Might have been for third. Um, uh, what do you think? I thought nothing wrong with it. Ping. I mean that's just racing, right?
3: Well, you know what? Here, here's what I I thought because Stewart's sitting back there watching, um, watching Reed try to get around him, and, mm-hmm. and Weimer needs to go back and watch the tape of of how he was blocking Reed because every time Reed tried to do something, Weimer was hitting the brakes and checking up and looking over at him, and you know, it's like I'm sure Stewart's watching that, going, "Okay, this guy's you know, this guy's being aggressive. I'm going to have to like make a pass really stick," and and he did, you know what I mean? And, and he, you know, I don't know. Aggressive, yes. It wasn't like a clear, to me, it wasn't a clear takeout move. Um, I, and I think if you're going to complain about that, you're going to do a lot of complaining because that's how it's going to be at the front.
1: Yeah. Uh, but having said that, you can't blame Weimer, I guess, a little bit because.
3: Uh... Well, of course you're going to be mad You're having the race of your life, you know. Like, of course you're going to be mad. And you're probably going to carry a grudge against James Stewart for a while and, this way it's going to be, but at the end of the day, I,
1: yeah.
3: I, I don't think he's got. You know, this isn't, This shouldn't give people another reason to boo James Stewart.
1: Right. I feel like yeah. <laughs> if it had been James Stewart who landed on Trey Kennard, like Ryan Morris oh. did. Oh uh, no. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Mm. Um. But uh, yeah, it was just it's one of those races. Um. He was coming. Hey, you think
2: cl- when Weimer was mad, there was a shortage of people uh, to back him up. On that when he was like, "Oh, Stuart's out <laughs> of control. Stuart's dirty." Do you think there was anyone saying, "Yeah, you're right," or "No"? What do you think? No,
1: no, there's nobody, nobody at all. Just yeah. saying, "Hey, man, you're is probably right. like, Jake.
2: You're crazy, man. That's crazy. That's
1: crazy <laughs> talk." Uh, I saw nothing wrong with it for sure. Um, I, I went by the yeah. Cali- I
2: watched it uh, pretty closely. I was doing a rain yesterday, and uh, they actually have the the Arena Cross crew also takes the supercross footage and mixes it to send off to Europe. Uh, so they have all the footage and all the angles. So we watch it a million times, and me and uh, me and Buddy Anthony I was watched it. And the thing that Buddy pointed out, and you can
1: me, see that on the me, show. Hold on a second. Hold Leimer on. A, pre- hold on a second. You're asking what? an arena cross champion if that, anything was wrong with that pass. <laughs> right. Right. Well, hey, so I figure I'm like this
2: is a man who's either received or been on the receiving end. Right. Out of these passes, work.
3: Right. And his point but was it's that not Leimer- considered dirty in arena cross unless you like. Whip out a battle axe as you're making the pass and lock the other guy's head off. That's maybe over the line. Anything
2: right. short of that is good. Right. Hear me out. I'm just making his point here. Uh, he said, look, he, and a lot of people have noticed this, that Weimer actually takes his right foot off the peg in the left hand turn um, in the anticipation of, uh, I'm probably going to get plowed here and I better be ready because um, I'm probably going up against these tough blocks. So I better lift my leg up. Mm hmm. So, yes, it is the arena cross champ, but he's like, he knew where he was. He was going to get blocked past. Right. He knew where he was. At that point, I'm going to get blocked past because of where I put myself in this corner. Right. Yeah. Uh, and remember, the way Reed, it took Reed two laps to pass him there. Like the first lap, they got side by side. And the next lap, Reed passed him in that corner. And Reed did it by slicing underneath,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, where Stewart did it by going all the way up high. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think Weimer was ready to protect for one thing. To or to the other.
1: Uh, the penalty for something like that in arena cross is you have to buy me two shots later tonight at the bar. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's how they that's how they settle their grudges. Like, all right, man, okay, <laughs> right. you got me. You're buying to me two shots, and we'll deal with <laughs> it then. Um, Another tattoo.
3: And, and you know what? One more thing to that to add to that. Like, you can't tell me that Jake Weimer didn't know where James was because. Hey, he took his foot off like that. And in a left-hander, you don't take your foot off the rear brake pedal. Like, that's your one tool you have to try to save yourself, you know, to be able to stop yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can hear those freaking Yamahas sucking air from the stand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And when he hit that uh, little kicker and went into that turn, you know, he went, Wah, and that thing was like, yeah, like a, <laughs> it sounds like a big toad, you know? I don't know. Those things are so loud. So, I don't buy it that he didn't know he was there and it caught him off well, yeah. guard, like, no, it did. Yeah, well, not, yeah, that's I think was yeah. Budman's point.
2: Like, you can't just say, oh, I was just doing a normal thing and he just came out of nowhere.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think that was the point.
1: Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this. Deal with it. Order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please
0: don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex-feel gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS 2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over.
1: What about James Stewart? What's... We had we you know we had this debate last night on our show uh, covered a lot of lot of time on the show. My co-host Kenny Watson, nothing wrong with Stewart. Once they get east, he just needs to be within striking distance. Once they go east, it's on. And you know maybe he's struggling with the California hard pack. Myself, I'm like, I haven't seen this James Stewart um, ever. And there's something up, and he's not happy with his bike. The, the, tracks uh, something is up that crash in la dodger stadium was about as dorky as a crash as you could have uh for a guy like james stewart well, we, what's 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 right are we who's yeah, right there's a million
2: theories out there now one theory that was being batted around throughout the weekend is that he's not in good shape and then that's why whatever some point in each race he loses focus or just gets tired and has these dorky crashes um and the other evidence to that was when he had a crash in uh, Phoenix, how slowly he got up, or how, how slowly he got up at Anaheim when he went down. Actually, I think he got up slowly here, which is a sign of he's exhausted. But, uh, I mean, that's just, there's only one person that knows that. That's James himself. He's the only one that knows if he really is tired in those moments. But I'm just giving you an idea of how many theories there are yeah. out there. The counter,
1: the, counter, like, the counter to that theory is that he set a fastest time on lap 15. Whatever.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he held Villapoto off like at the end of the race. That doesn't happen if you're not in shape. Right. I promise you. Right.
2: I feel and he was, like, sick uh, he was cruising it. around. So
3: that, that theory is kind of. Yep. I feel like he was
2: uh, cruising around, and then once he realized Villapoto was closing, I think he just went up and matched it and pretty much held him. You know, Villapoto closed, but yeah, absolutely. He was definitely able to get faster when he needed to. But I'm just giving I'm not saying I think he's out of shape. I am mean, saying that there are yeah. a million yeah. theories out there tracks, bike, or what about the theory of. These dudes have just stepped it up. You know, there's even right. that. Uh, it's just so mm-hmm. hard to say. But, hey, I'm going to ask you this one, though. When you were winning um, four races, right? Four. I got that right. I'm giving you full credit. And the massive cheers of the fans, like the stadium is packed. They are cheering for the race winner. Can you hear the fans when they are cheering during a race? Can you or can you not?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. <clears throat> well, maybe if you're riding a Yamaha, you can't. You can't hear anything with that. <laughs>
1: He's you sucking your <laughs> <laughs> Sucking. Sucking.
3: <laughs> um, so uh,
2: when Stewart took Weimer out or knocked him down or blocked past him, whatever you want to say, I mean, the fans, they're, I think it's pretty clear what side they're on, um, they started booing him. When he fell, uh, they started booing him. And I'm wondering if this is the first time where a rider has ever been able to hear the crowd booing him during a race. Uh, that is a very rare that – I mean, we hear boos in opening ceremonies from time to time. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like the whole stadium was like, you fell, boo, which I, I don't <laughs> think that happens very often.
3: <laughs> I, it doesn't happen very often. Like, I'm every time they boo, I keep thinking, oh, maybe that was just, you know, that group of fans there in that city or something. They're booing them everywhere, and I don't get it. Like, I guess it happens in other sports. I shouldn't be that surprised, but – what are you booing him for? I mean, if anything, the media has created this by overhyping him. You know, oh, the fastest man on the planet. I mean, oh, he—I don't think he said that. Maybe he did. Maybe he played it up too much, and people don't like the fact that he's driving Lamborghinis and sort of the flashiness he has. But I mean, come on. At the very least, you respect his talent, and like, he's fun to watch. Even even when he has it off, night, he's fun to watch. You know,
1: yeah, he's quoting stuff in Phoenix, know. You know, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't get why people would boo him. But, um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I, don't. I never got booed that I know of. So <laughs> maybe people were, and I just couldn't hear it. But it's pretty loud. I always wonder when he's out there doing like his little opening ceremony interview, if they're hearing, him, if he can hear them booing him.
1: Right.
3: And yeah. I, I'm just like, man, I feel bad for him. Like, what is he booing for?
2: Yeah, but he went to another level because now I wonder. Mm. If he heard it during the race, which I wonder if there's ever been a racer who's heard fans booing him during a race. Yeah, I mean, I, know, you, I can't yeah. recall a situation like that ever happening
1: before. Would you, I mean, eventually, would you just get to the point where you just pack it in? You're just like, you know what? I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm losing, and I'm getting booed, and life sucks. Yeah, I don't it cannot know. be fun. I just wonder. It can't be, can't be good. That's why yeah. I bring that up?
3: I hope not. I, I really believe that he's. he. Um, no, that track was like his worst nightmare, you know, slippery, no traction, unpredictable with the front, you know. I, my guess is he was just going, okay, if I can get out here with a third, that's awesome. You know, let's get to – even Oakland can be, like, softer and ruddy and tacky. My guess is he's just, like, can't just count down the days until they go to Atlanta, and then his, he's going to feel more comfortable because that's where he's done his testing and that type of dirt. And mm-hmm. um, I think, like, Kent Watson – that we're going to see him really change once once they get some grip and right. he can feel more comfortable on that bike. Well, I think he's just I think he's really struggling with setup on the hard slick.
1: He's uh, he's nineteen points down. Nineteen points, almost a whole race. Wow, it's it's got yeah. to got to got to start doing something soon, you know. Um, we got uh, Oakland, Anaheim, and Houston coming up. And
3: Houston's good though. Houston can be tacky, so
1: yeah. When's the last time you went to Houston? It's hard and slick nowadays. I don't oh know, really? I don't know what happened. He's yeah, they've they've, they've 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 changed the dirt over the years, or they've done something. It's hard and slick. Um, but the old Houston, yes, tacky. Uh,
2: Nineteen points. I don't think. Uh, just like it was last year. If all these guys stay in it, um, it's not like the old days where you just knew Reed was going to get a second, and he had to win seven in a row to make those points up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it's still pretty. <laughs> A whole race is a lot of points to make
3: up, but it's it's more stewable. I say that or stewable now, yeah, yeah, because you can have five yeah. point swings, six, seven point swings pretty easily. Yeah. Yep. You know, you have a first turn crash, and right. those other guys all get out clean, and somebody has a good night, like you know, Brayton or you know who, whatever. Yeah, um, you could finish fifth. You know what I mean? Like, seems like RV maybe be the only one who could really shred through and, and still get on the box, but even he could only get to fourth.
1: Right. Right. Uh, um, so, and speaking of Brayton, are you, are you doing okay? Well, again? Doing all right.
3: I don't even know, man.
2: I'm not even going to go to the race this weekend in Oakland. I'm just not even going to go. I'm kind of upset. I don't want to.
1: <sighs> you, you know, um, that's just. I mean, that's just. <coughs> that's just the number of uh, heavy hitters that are going to miss the main. Brayton's just. The, you know, tickle. I would consider tickle. You know, what I mean, geez, he got a. He got eight this weekend. So, um, you know, he missed the main last week. That's going to be common. Yeah,
2: but the Brayton thing. The Brayton thing was different. Th- he crashed all by himself, leading the LCQ. Yeah, like it's usually that you're just a victim of crazy circumstance. And maybe you could say he was because I guess he had a bad start in his heat, and that's why he didn't didn't get in. But because I guess there's so many fast guys in a heat that it's hard to come from behind. But still, he did what he needed to do. oh, yeah, he got the whole shot in the LCQ. He's good. He's fine. And then all of a sudden, he was just down. Like that is, and no matter how how deep the field is, <laughs> you can't yeah. wad it up in the whoops by leading the LCQ. That was bizarre.
1: Anybody see? Uh... Matt Gerkey's gear this weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did, is that the actual name of the gear line? What was it named?
1: Uh, Sexy Devil.
2: Sexy Devil. Okay.
1: Yeah. What's there, the name of the company? I don't know. And then there was the uh, the naked girl in the front. Yeah. Um, boobs hanging out.
3: I hope they're paying him a boatload of money. Ah,
1: oh, uh, me. too. So I don't
3: even think that would be enough to get me in that stuff.
1: <laughs> Not even a boatload. <laughs> Um, what about what else? Uh, Wyndham struggled a bit, and again, slippery track. I thought he I thought he'd do pretty well. He struggled a little bit. Um, Hansen and Millsaps. Hansen's solid. Who knew Hansen would be the rock of the H and H program? Just the the one rider you can count on. The one guy. Uh, Tedesco's yeah. out for eight weeks now. Hill may be back in about three or four. Partridge is uh, a bubble guy for the main event, but there's there, there's the rock of well, Josh yeah, but, Hansen.
3: you know, we talked about the, the, in the field. I, I think it just decreased by like four or five guys, you know, overnight. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we, we might not see some of these guys having such a hard time now. You know, Blos is probably out for a bit. Ivan's out. Obviously, Trey and Mo. Yeah. Uh, who, who else? Is there someone else that's like.
1: Uh, I think that's what uh, we were talking about last night, those four guys, yeah.
3: So impact, yeah. I, that can make a, a big difference because it seemed like there was. Two to four guys, you're like,
1: oh, man, he should have been in. Right. Anybody catch the yeah. uh, Michael Essie, Kyle Chisholm, uh, I ram you, you ram me, I stop and I go by you. You stop and I go no, by I you. I wish I would have. Good that times. No,
3: main in
2: the
1: main. In the main, main. main event. In the
2: Did you get to talk to either one about that? Uh, yeah. What was going
1: on Well, there? We, we talked to Brittany Chisholm, you know, hard-hitting uh-huh. journalism that we do on the Pulp Show. Uh, we uh-huh. did talk to Brittany Chisholm last night, and uh, they Mike went – Kyle went over there and hashed it out and um, with Mike, and Mike kind of claimed innocence to the looking over and the swerving over and um, and all that on the track. But, you know, uh, Tedesco's hurt right now, but from A1, Mike slammed into him, claimed he missed the break, and then they went and watched the video, and Ivan went over and had another word with him after that. And now this, which apparently is pretty blatant. I didn't see the Mike stuff. I just saw sort of the the, the aftermath. And... Uh, like when Kenneth Watson said, it starts adding up. Starts Guys start saying, hey, I owe you one. I owe you one. And uh, a little Unless bit. Unless he, he took he out
2: Brayton in Phoenix, boyfriend. by the way, too. Boyfriend. What's that, again? Uh, Supposedly he took out Brayton in Phoenix, too.
1: Yeah.
3: He's got the theory of the cheating boyfriend when, when it comes to that. Just deny, deny, deny. Right, you know what I mean. It yeah. could be the most obvious. <laughs> obviously, you ran me high in that turn. You looked over at me. Yeah. No, man. No, my foot came off. I, the, I, I had a flat tire. My, you know, it's just always something.
1: Right. Well, we were it saying totally
3: accident. I'm so sorry, man. Like I didn't, I didn't mean to do that at all.
1: We were saying <laughs> that uh, that <laughs> stuff that stuff starts starts to add up. So Mike, Mike may find himself with a few enemies here and there. You know, he's already probably like if you. If you're look, I like Mike. I dealt with him for goggles for years. He's a little different guy, um, probably from the result of living in a van his whole life um, with his brother Jeff. But he's a nice guy, and and him and Danielle are good people. But if you were to take a poll among the top 30 riders in the sport, who's the one guy that you kind of don't talk to or don't really like, I'd say Michael Essie was at the top of that poll. Yes?
2: I wouldn't really argue that one.
1: No, no. So I'm just saying, he's got he's to back it down a little bit. He's got that sweet-looking JT gear, but that may not be enough to save him. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? What else we got? Uh, lights class. You want guys, guys want to move on to lights class? Brett Metcalf? No. huh? No. Yeah. Yep. Interesting with Brett Metcalf. Interesting with Brett Metcalf. I talk, spoke to him after the race. Um, they went completely back to every setting from last year. Did he tell you that? Weege.
2: Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, I don't know what the difference is. He yeah, did. they. I, uh, I don't ask the right questions. I guess but I did talk to him.
1: Yeah, no, he you did not go that far. You, you're just not a hard hitting journalist like myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. all the preseason Pretty testing. Chizzy. Give me an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the uh, all the testing that they did. He was hurt a little bit. Then he got a late start on it, and all the improvements and all the testing they did on new stuff. They all scrapped all that. They went right back to last year's settings, and he is. Uh, He's on. He's running that, and he got a fifth. So he's got a, something to build you know,
3: sometimes, on. Sometimes, sometimes when you you get testing, and you're just so determined to make gains and make things better, and stuff gets to where you're really splitting hairs, you know, and and you can get lost in it all and wind up worse than you were, you know. I think this is probably a good example of that. You know, he was like, "Yeah, I think that's probably better. Let's do this," and go they ahead. kind of go down this path, and then he winds up. At the races, that's not working at all. You go back to what you had before all that crap, you're mm-hmm. like, wow, this is way better. Yeah. What were they thinking?
1: Right. Yeah. That's where they're at over I'm, there. Uh,
2: I, I, it's, it's pretty – either the guys are opening up more or it's just just reality this year. So many guys I heard this weekend about the kind of bike changes they've needed to make uh, since, since Anaheim won. It was like, I don't know if it's because the tracks are different than they thought and this track. Remember, it was supposed to be a mutter, and it did rain Friday night, and some of that rain gets up underneath the tarps and whatnot, so maybe that makes it even harder to predict. But, yeah, uh, Metcalf had to make big changes since, since Anaheim won, changes going backwards in a way. Mm-hmm. Millsap said he was a lot better because he made big changes. Obviously, Stewart's a work in progress. Um, and I'm uh, <clears throat> trying to think of who else. I was hearing this from so many people. Uh, oh, Reed even said like one of the big breakthroughs is he kept losing the front end, losing the front end. He had three crashes where he lost the front end in the first two races, and they decided to go back to a tire that they used last year on the privateer bike that they said was not working on mm-hmm. the factory Honda. Yep. But he just said, let's give it a shot, and that fixed it. So
1: see, I didn't get that scoop. So good job.
2: I tried, I tried. But uh, the the point is that um, I don't know, Ping. Is this is this a normal deal? I mean, you would think it is. It's racing, and you're learning every time you go out there, but. I'm surprised to hear that many people, three races in, saying we've had to make wholesale changes.
3: Well, I think I think it's just a, a matter of the tracks being a lot different than what they were preparing for. You know, you yeah. you have uh, one guy building your test tracks who's building them like a standard supercross track. Right. Then you have another company building tracks, and, the, and their whole theory at the beginning of the year is, let's make them let's make them pretty simple. Let's try to you know. Try to keep our guys healthy and get, until they get into the swing, and then we can sort of increase the, the technicality of each track until we get, you know, once everyone gets into the swing of it. So I think everyone just kind of caught um, testing for the wrong stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Reed and Metcalf both had a similar theory where they said that they had ridden so much at one track that uh, you know the bike starts feeling maybe better than it really is
3: because
2: mm-hmm. um, when you're the one putting the lines in and the bike is set up to turn one way and the, all the lines eventually develop based around the way that bike turns everything feels great and you just keep going further and further in that direction until you get to a track where five different brands are out there putting in the lines and the bike's really off yeah. um, so know, it seems like guys have spread it out over oh, their testing a lot more over the last couple weeks
1: well again you can uh, you can vouch for this um sometimes i feel like i'm the smartest man in the room many times i feel like that and, uh, I can't vouch for that. No, no, don't, no you don't need to vouch oh. for that. Oh, sorry. But you can There's not
3: vouch- a lot of guys in your room, though.
1: So. <laughs> you can vouch. <laughs> you can vouch for this. Uh, was I not saying before the night race that I'm waiting for the Weston Pike breakout? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I don't
2: even know where the what. What bolt of lightning? What made that happen? You just said it. Completely I completely s- un- I- Unwarranted. I've been watching. warranted, but we didn't ask. Hey, what do you think about Weston Pike? You just blurted it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a popular topic. Uh, yeah, I just feel like you know sometimes you identify with certain riders and Weston's body shape. I cheer for him a little bit. Let's just say. Wow, really? Um, and, and so I've been watching wow. Weston. I've been watching Weston, and I haven't been liking what I've been seeing. And uh, he, he really improved greatly as a supercross rider last year, I felt. Or maybe it was the year before when he took the leap up. And I'd been waiting for the Weston Pike breakout. And I was a little upset because he, he hasn't seen it. We haven't seen it. He hasn't looked that good. And I told you about that before the night show. And what did we get on Saturday night?
2: In, in, the, in the show. Make it happen.
1: 15th place. Yeah. In the main. In his, in his first main. Made it easy through the heat. We saw the Weston Pike breakout. Thank you. That's all I have to say. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, what about okay, so let's move on to let's move on to the lights class. Three races in, three different winners. But I don't think Ping there's been any doubt, and the Dean Wilson fans are gonna come down on me, maybe, but there's been no doubt that Eli Tomark's been the fastest guy all three weeks. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And and he finally won his first <laughs> race and he dominated. And if you're Dean Wilson, Weege, are you worried?
2: Uh, I don't think
1: okay. you are
2: if you're him. Maybe you should be. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah I, yeah, yeah,
1: I guess that's a better question. Should you be yeah. worried?
2: <laughs> if you're him, you're probably saying, oh, I can do this. I, no one's better than me. I'm an outdoor champ. I just won a race last week. You know, just give me another shot. I, but, you know, he's uh, a racer. He should think that way. Uh, but should he be worried? Yeah, I think so, because, well, Pink said it best on the show last week. We were talking about how Wild and how deep this class is and how equally matched it is, but then Ping said, But what if Tomac had gotten whole shots of the first two races? And it was like the dead silence people wanted to hear <laughs> in the building
1: yeah.
2: on Saturday was heard then, like, oh yeah.
1: good point. Oh, he's got a point,
2: yeah. I mean if Tomac had Tomac was clearly the fastest guy to those first two races, now he's got a win and the points lead starts seem to be dialed back in, that's a pretty scary proposition, even as good as Dean Wilson is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's got a point.
3: Um. You can just watch him, and I mean, Dean looks, Dean's obviously amazing, but you can watch them both, and Eli just has, like, a little bit of extra confidence. You know what I mean? Like, he's scrubbing the crap out of the triples. He's, you know, you almost go, whoa, dude, calm down. Like, he's just so aggressive. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just confidence, you know? He's, I don't know, man. I don't know how you stop that guy. Was
1: he the only guy tripling out of that section? Um... Before, before you after you cross the start line,
3: uh, I heard he was um, the only guy. in the main event. He
1: was in the main. In the he main. was the only guy.
2: Was any were any of the four fifty guys doing it? I heard he was the only one. Four fifty guys game. were doing no, it. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stewart,
3: the guy doing it better than anyone until the main, where Reed and a handful of guys started doing it, was Morris. He was like yeah. wheel tap the first three and then triple out and in in the heats, no one else had done that. Or no, in practice, maybe. What, what was it? When did I watch it? Mm-hmm. In practice, in the qualifying. No one else was doing it except Morris. And I went back and told, like, the TLD guys, I'm like, he's got to try it, triple him through there. I told them about what Morris is doing. They, they never got it down, but... Right. Um,
1: anyway. I feel like, looking at the, the results from the weekend, getting back to the 450 class really quick, um, Morris and Kennard did not score any points um, because they did not complete a lap, I would guess. I didn't know that rule was in place. I thought... You know, I thought... That, wow, really? Yeah, so, like, they got zero points for the main event. And, uh, and can not we give them, I mean, can we give them, like, two, like, give Morris two points? He was, What? He was further down the track. I hate to, you know, he's further down oh, the no, track. Oh, no, we're though. going to that
2: one again, the uh, Jacksonville last year. <laughs> Crawley's carcass was further up the track than Stewart's. Uh,
1: they, they didn't get for any points. One? I, I did, Is this, that's a rule? That has to be a new rule,
2: because I'm sure we've had a situation. We've always had guys Uh, Anaheim won 2010. I believe Josh Grant qualified for the main. His shoulder was jacked up from a crash three days before the race, and I don't
1: think he came to the line. You don't think he even came to the line? Yeah.
2: I don't think he – I think it was like he qualified in the heat and was just like, I can't go. This is bad. i got to get shoulder surgery.
1: we we got to get to the bottom of this. I don't remember
2: everyone not getting points. That's bizarre. You got 19th and 20th, but no points.
1: No points. No points. What?
3: So, so, Morris got six points at
1: A1? Morris got six points at A1, yeah. Hmm. What does that guy do with anything?
3: Well, I'm just saying. I I didn't remember where he finished at A1, but he's got six points right now. So, he didn't qualify at Phoenix. That yeah, means he got yeah, six yeah, points yeah, at A1. Yeah, and didn't get yeah, yeah.
1: No, yeah. That's it. Um, hmm. So, I don't know. Like I feel like those guys, I mean, they're jacked up. They're, you know, give them some points, give them two and one, you know, somehow figure that out.
2: Yeah, I can't believe that. Well, usually they just go by order of uh, you know, whatever your gate is. Yeah, yeah. So wow. that's how you figure it out. Or in this yeah, case,
1: or in this case, it's you can say Morris was further down the track.
2: Oh, okay. We're going to go by the Well, <laughs> that was Or they picked him up rule.
1: You had some good points last year in Jacksonville. You had you had I believe it was you who brought it up last Um
2: well, it was Villapoto that complained about it. That that Gerke's carcass was further oh, up the track than Stewart's, so Stewart right. should have lost the position. That's right.
1: It was RV who said that. I, you know, we
2: were talking about the military crawl. Yeah, trying to drag your broken leg up the track a little <laughs> further. <laughs>
1: um, Just what we, I'm going to ask. Point. I'm going to ask Gallagher about that. I think uh, maybe today. Uh, maybe I'll text him or something and see see what see if they change it or not. Um, okay, so back to the lights. Uh, no, Jean Carlos Ramos did not make the main. Got hurt, I think, at some point. Oh, didn't didn't yeah, start he the LCQ. Off the
2: radar all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, he wanted to get in touch with the Racer X crew after last week's podcast. I think.
2: Feeded us. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but he's from Brazil. Everybody, we, found, we figured that out. He's from Brazil, and he's the MX2 champion down there. So. Uh, w- Zach Osborne, do we even I mean incredible, phenomenal, vision was perfect obviously. Um, uh, I'm tried to get he's on the he was in studio last night for the show. Tried to get him to do the next two. He's no way, he's not doing the next two. That's it, going home. But let me just tell you he dropped some very strong hints that his deal is done for next year. I'm done, signed already. The, I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah. Drop some good hints. Maybe I maybe I read it wrong. Let's Guess put it this. Way. Deserves it. Let's put it this way: when we were talking about like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna? Where are you gonna go? Are you coming back for sure? There was not a lot of worries, and it seemed like everything was pretty good when it comes to that. So, um, he's been great, though. And but ping, oh, yeah. ping. Uh, let's forget about Wygan here because you know he's not in the trenches like you and me. He doesn't have any titles like you and me. Um, let Let's talk about. Did you notice his bike? Have you been noticing his bike, Ping? It's very good. Those guys have done I a mean, good job. It, it definitely
3: looks like it's, he's not down on power. I noticed that thing pops and farts like crazy.
1: Oh, he denies that. Every time that. he lands yeah. from his like, <laughs> you know, the YZs have a carburetor, the only bike in the class, yeah. and he denies that. I said it sounded like on the whoops like it was, you know, backfiring. No, dude, it's good. I'm just like, okay, all right, fine. But.
3: Oh, no, it's making noise, I'm, it's. I'm it's with like, you. I, I, I mentioned it to. Uh, Maddie Francis sitting right next to him. you hear listen to when he lands up this triple. Because yeah. we were right behind that triple and every lap. Man, it, it was yeah. farting and popping. Maybe maybe it's not, you know, mixed, yeah. you know, the power's still there, but makes some funny noises. That's all I noticed about it.
1: Um, no, I, I uh I agree. Um but he, he seems to yeah, he denied it. So um Okay.
3: Hey, hey, either way, he's riding the wheels off that thing. I mean he looks like Yeah. He's one of the few guys who can run the leader space, you know?
1: Okay, let me ask you this, Ping, um, team manager, ex-team manager. Um, does he keep going? Does he do – he's doing Oakland this weekend, but does he do A2 in San well, Diego?
3: I don't know. I mean, he, he, he's contracted to do the GPs this year. Yes. Um, that's where his bonuses are. That's what he's getting paid to do. If, if there's bonuses. I mean, I, I'm just assuming what his deal is that he would get bonuses for doing well over there, right? Yeah, I mean, one would assume. Yeah. So, I think he's kind of proven. Uh, you know, and I, I'm sure that was his goal is like really let people know he can still ride Supercross. He's done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else is he gonna do? I mean, well, <clears throat> uh, maybe he could sneak in a win or whatever. But he's probably just riding for standard Yamaha bonuses over here, which are not that awesome.
1: Yeah. We- it's
3: smart of him, I think, to go home like he's already. Said, "Hey, you know, he's made a statement over here.
1: I'm yeah. super Supercross. Who's hiring me? That yeah, yeah. Year, yeah. I'm back. Take, take that, bitches.
3: Yeah, and yeah. it's like, go home, get yourself ready for the series that you're, you know, going right. to do. I, I think it's really smart. And okay, you know, I think it's cool of him to stick to his guns and, and stick with his plan.
1: Weej.
2: Yeah, uh, there's there, if, if the deal is signed, there's not too much to gain. I mean, I'm, I'm sure as a racer, and he's doing well." It's exciting to go to the races and think, like, well, i got another chance to podium or win or whatever. But at the same time, I think he was trying to make an impression here. And if he made it to the point where he already got a deal signed, there's a lot to lose and not much to gain really beyond that. So right, okay. I, well, I, I would love to see him out there, but he's probably making the right move. If uh, he really has a deal done.
1: Kenny Watson said he should not do anymore. Larry Brooks said he should not do anymore. I'm going off last night's yeah. pop show. And Chad Reed said he should, though. He said he's on a roll and he's, and he's, and he's killing it, so keep going. So, just FYI on that. Um, Jason Anderson, we age the floor is yours.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I had Anderson and Brayton both in the LCQs. And I just said I had. Did I really go that far? Did I just go that far? <laughs> like as if they, they, I owned them now. Um, so, I was very worried. Both Anderson and Brayton go to the LCQs. And then Anderson pulls a start. Pulls away. Routine. Takes off. Wins the LCQ. No problem. Brayton pulls a start. Pulling away, no problem, good. Oh my God, he just wadded it up in the LCQ. So I was very upset over that. But Anderson, in the main, once again, not a great start, but he rode well. I think he did he get
1: fifth? Fifth place, yeah.
2: Fifth place in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Um Because I was worried, you know, he was sitting there smoking a cig and drinking a beer when the gate dropped at Anaheim won.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Still came back to get seventh. But the sad thing was, if you looked at the six riders that finished in front of him, I didn't know if he would do much better, even if he got a better start. And then that's exactly what happened in Phoenix. He got a better start and still got seventh because there's six really fast guys. Right. Um, this time he's able to get fifth. But, you know, uh, can went out and uh, Sealy had a bad one. So it's kind of the harsh reality of that class. Like, he's definitely better than last year. He's definitely riding well. But when everybody has it going on, he's probably about the seventh best guy out there, which – doesn't really get anyone too excited in this sport. It's maybe unfair, but right. the way it is, so I'm looks... really not sure what to say beyond that. Unless he can really make a step up, but that's a big step to make. Those guys are hauling.
1: But you know, last year he was he was just another guy out there. This year he's aggressive. He's attacking. He's moving forward. I think he's better this year, no doubt.
2: Well, that's the point. Yeah. Like he's definitely better, right? But the, the harsh reality is right. is that still really good. Like at the end of the year. Would a team look at that and be like, "We got to hold on to this guy," or do you just become like most of these guys, where you just bounce from team to team, year to year, hoping to make it work? There's definitely potential there. I just hope it gets recognized because, um, you know, seven-seven-five, it just doesn't look awesome. It's yeah. better. Yeah,
3: but yeah, but he, if podium, he can keep I mean. those results up, you know, you yep. got to imagine Rattray is going to move up here soon. Um, yep. You know, some of these guys are going to start bumping up and out. You know, Dean's in his
1: last year, I think. Yeah.
3: So so he's, you know, next year you're talking about he's a podium guy, and if he improves again like what he's done this year, which he will, then, you know, he's a potential race winner. So I think he's on a good curve here, especially considering how bad his first season was.
1: Uh, Michael Leibs and riding Good.
2: I think teams see it that way. These teams are ridiculous with the, yeah. you know, one and two and done. And, like, the fact that he's even on that team still is a miracle. Like, I give them full credit. A yeah. rare situation where they gave somebody a second chance. What teams give guys a second chance it very rarely happens.
1: Yeah, our sport definitely eats them up. Spits him out, yeah. you know. Uh, Michael Leeb did well, seventh place. He's yeah. been he's been good. He's been good. I, I'm, he never raced in America as a pro, so whatever he's doing, you know, it's kind of new. So he's been good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gear looks good too. How huh? I get? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, Billy Linovich is uh, uh, keeps growing, you know, keeps going on. Uh, good story Hot there. Top
3: ten for Lenovich. What about Davalos? Were yeah. you worried that he was gonna? Turn the tails and he got another heat win.
1: No, I'm never worried. Like, oh,
3: it's standard. I'm and never worried. In Maine, he was right there. I'm not like, worried. Oh, man.
1: No. He's I'm not, I'm not worried. worried at all. Does a zebra lose his stripes? Does it? Does a leopard lose <coughs> spots? No, they don't. That's what they do. That's what Davos does. Kills fantasy teams, shows speed, something ends up happening. God, he's, he's, he's in year 10 of his lights career. It's not changing. That's it. That's what you get. So, I mean, but you know what? <laughs> If you're Rockstar Suzuki and you win a heat, you've won two heats this year, right? He won two heats,
3: two heats and an LCQ. Been on the box, top of the box at all three races.
2: <laughs> if you're Rockstar Suzuki, win
1: winning a heat is cool. You get TV time. You get look like the man. I mean, it's fine, you know. So whatever. That's what he does. That's all he does. Martin Davalos kills fantasy league teams and doesn't come through in main events.
2: I know anyone listening to this is going to say, "Didn't you guys just make the point that these teams?" Two guys up and they don't give them enough opportunities. I think that's where some of Steve's uh, attitude toward Davalos comes from. Because other dudes get one shot, don't have a great season, and they're sent packing. Like, what's yeah. Nick Paluzzi doing right now? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: But
2: Darren Durham had to go into the absolute depths of a flat, black, spray-painted box fan in the <laughs> middle of the summer to dig his way back, which yeah. is very, very hard to do. But oh no. But Davalos... Still has rides, you know what I mean? I think Keep, that's kind of
1: a and making a lot of money, making a lot of money at that. Just keeps rolling down that road. All right, keeps going yeah, on. You know what? You know what
3: these team managers think is, you just can't deny his speed. And I think they all go, okay, we'll just we're gonna figure it out. We'll get him on a good program. We'll get his head straight, and we're gonna finally harness that speed because it's really hard to take a guy who's just whose speed is just kind of. Eh. You know, he's a hard worker, but he just sort of chugs along and, and turn him into this, you know, lightning bolt. You know what I mean? You can't make a guy go really fast like that. But you can take a guy who's really fast and try to sort of groom him and take and it's easier to do that. But no one's, I think that's why he keeps getting rides because he, has, he goes out and he can put himself on the top of the board in time qualifying. No problem. It's imp- and it's impressive, but, yeah, I've never seen a guy that fast
1: unable to put results up to back it up. Yep. Unprecedented, yep. i say. Um, uh, Ryan Sipes, won a heat though. <laughs> fell in early the main event, tangle with another guy. Went down, so bad, bad, bad. And Sipes is a Davalos junior, but I, I'm not, I'm not as passionate about Sipes because he was won races and probably made the box way more than, 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 uh, Davalos has ever done. You know? Um, so, Sipes is a little bit like that. Let's 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 be honest here. Um, he's I feel older. like
3: Sipes needs to get himself on a big bike. He's really consistent on a four fifty the like outdoors. He was not kind of the crash and inconsistent guy that he is on a light bike.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else? what? Well, what about Cole Sealy? You got a
3: Cole Sealy and Musk in here. I mean, two title contenders are now out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what
2: was the mood over there at the TLD? Did you talk to any of those guys? I mean, are they bummed?
1: At one point, or, or,
2: or, or, or they take it?
3: How, how do they feel over there about Sealy? The that sucked. At one point, they were
1: nineteenth well, and twentieth in the May. At one point, not good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they ended up fifteenth and twentieth. So. Um, yeah. I'm I don't need to tell you what the mood is like over there. Um,
1: A little different from last year.
3: Yeah. The the you know Tyler Keith, the team manager, he doesn't ever. He doesn't ever like to admit to me that anything's wrong, you know. He's like, well, you know, it's a good thing oh you know it's good
1: because Cole's got his starts back. You know, that's good. So <laughs> is he scared that uh, they're going to bring you back? That's why. No, I, I don't know what he's <laughs> – I just think he,
3: everything's sunshine. Under control.
1: There, but, <laughs> Here comes the old manager. You know, we, We're all good, everybody. Put on a good face. Here comes the old manager.
3: No, he, he – uh, they're bummed. You know, I mean, Cole had the whole shot and just got, <laughs> got shoved, you know, sort yeah. of like. Muskin got shoved into him, but someone hit Muskin, and someone hit, you know. Yeah. It just pushed him off the track. It was just a bummer, because if Cole had that, I don't see any way there's, he's not on the box. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer that Muskin went out with that. I'm I mean, glad he's not hurt, but it mm. sure would have been nice to keep, you know, a couple more guys in that title chase.
1: The uh, The Star Racing Valley merger team. They've reclaimed, I think, their rightful spot underneath Ugh. as sort of the team that sort of just, you know, struggles along. Stroop. You know what they need? Hmm. They need more militia. They need a general out there making things happen. <laughs> Bring the general back. Yeah. Bring it back. Let him go out a bike or two and have him straight, straighten out those guys. Track, I mean, you know? definitely, I think Stroop probably needs the this calm and steadying hand. Of the general. You know, like, I think there's no doubt that that's what he's missing. Okay. Uh, and, and talk about the
3: shotgun approach, too. They have, like, 96 riders under that tent. And I think their best finish was, a, what, an 8th with, no, not even an 8th, that's 11th with Nico,
1: right? Yeah. Nico got 11th, Sipes got 12th.
3: So 47 riders, or 96, or whatever I said, and they can't put one of them in the top 10.
1: Yeah. Maybe and mo. And you're a
3: factory. You are Yamaha's factory support team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody think we're going to see a Star Valley team in 2013? Does anybody think that that's probably going well with Chad Lanza and Bobby Regan? Anyone?
2: You know what? Uh, I saw them on Friday and on Saturday literally like shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. Like laughing, hanging out, good times. Even after – even after Saturday night, couldn't have gone worse. Morris is probably in the hospital, and the two of them were still there, you know, talking to each other, not mm-hmm. looking angry at each other. You know what I mean? Like, bummed about the night. Obviously, but, uh, yeah. I, I, from what I was hearing, it was like, well, these guys didn't even want to work together. They were kind of yeah. forced into the situation. They're not getting along. Right. They had two strong personalities. But I have to admit, every time I saw them, both Friday afternoon and Saturday night, there they were, at least communicating.
1: Well, well, we can put that to rest because I heard the same thing from one of the guys that sponsors the team that that, that they were not getting along. So, uh, yeah, put yeah, that put that to rest, uh, which is good. That's I also good.
2: saw Morris's bike by the way, and oh my! Oh really? And as I think, oh uh, that thing was that thing was mangled.
1: I, I we just need to get Hansel on it. <laughs> I mean, anything, yeah, yeah, teams. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. I think we wrapped it up. We covered everything. So. Yeah. I think so. Uh, BTO sports.com, Racer RacerX Podcast Show, L.A. Supercost wrap-up. Ping, no Oakland for you. Weege, no Oakland for you.
2: No, we got too many West Coast guys, even without Ping. We still have enough West Coast guys, so you guys have had it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be all right? Me? Yeah. I mean, are you going to be okay with not going? I know going? not
2: going to Oakland. Not going to Oakland is usually – that's tough to stomach. That's one you don't want to miss. Absolutely. I know. Oakland. Yeah. I want to miss
1: over. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, well, you know, I'll make sure that I do all the touristy things, you know, and I'll take photos for you, so make you jealous.
2: Uh, actually, my only request is for you to return in one piece.
1: <laughs> do
2: not take your camera out. Yeah. Just don't take your camera out. Don't take out any maps. Uh, <laughs> no. Take no, the iPhone no, out. No
1: flower shirts on, none of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's. I missed the stadium driving, you know, I missed the exit for the stadium driving to it for the first time last year. And that was a. Mm-hmm. Jim Holly and his stunt driving skills have been impressed with how quickly I pulled the U turn and got out of the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, no, good times. Hey, would, you so would you
2: drive
3: there solo? Would you drive there solo? So,
1: so <laughs> Oakland?
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oakland might be worse than L.A. in terms of just fear factor straight up. They ought to have a fear factor show. Just walk through Oakland. <laughs> and a polo shirt and some jeans. We'll see if you can
1: live. And uh, uh, what's the. Joe Rogan will be hiding in an alley with a camera just to document it. <laughs> yeah. Um, good times. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, and uh, yeah, same time, same place next week. We'll be see there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show search pulp mx in the itunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the pulp mx app for your iphone for the complete pulp mx fix